hearts and that you are continually bringing light to your word and giving us guidance into everything we do, especially concerning your word and healing in our bodies and those around us. And I pray that you would just continue to um, speak through me, Father, as, as you will. And as we continue to learn more about your word, Father, that we would apply it in our everyday lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I want to start out by talking about how in the Bible we see several places um, where the impossible is talked about as a matter of fact, like it just happened. For example, in Mark eleven twenty three in the English Standard Bible, it says, we can move a mountain. Verse 23 starts, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and he does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. In Luke 17.6, we are told that a tree would obey us. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Let's take a look at the scientific perspective of this. In Luke, Jesus is speaking of the smallest seed. He says, if we had faith like a grain of mustard seed. Now, the mustard seed was the smallest thing in that time that he could relate it to. In today's age, he might say, if we had faith like an atom or a proton or, you know, the smallest thing we can think of. And this is a tiny little, the tiny little faith that could move an object. So that brings us to the point that the smallest thing can easily manifest the effect of changing things in the world. So let's talk about quantum physics. Quantum physics is the study of things that are so small that we cannot see with our natural eyes. We can take a telescope, a tiny little, and see those things. However, when we're talking about quantum, we're talking about the molecules that go from atoms to protons to neutrons to electrons. Like, you can get really, really small. And how they all work and how they interact with light. That's just the, just the simplest way to talk about what is quantum. Everything we see is made of these subatomic particles. The chairs you're sitting on, the mic I'm holding, um, the lights, everything is being put together with all of these particles. And the fun thing about it is that we see them and we see them in mobile. They're not moving, they're just, these chairs are just there. But these particles are actually waves that are continually moving and vibrating all the time, except they're so tiny and small that you don't see it and don't feel it. A lot like the Earth 
You know, the earth is rotating right now as we speak. But all of these molecules and protons and all of the things that make up things are alive, which I thought was so cool just thinking about how God created us and we're live beings and everything that he created is also alive. And it is very scientific to think of that, the fact that everything has life. Not just because it's a chair can we say it's not living. And that, you know, talking about quantum physics can get a little bit weird. <laughs> but that's a part of it. So everything we see is made of these subatomic particles, and quantum physics are the fundamental rules of the universe according to science. So you could hear it from me, but I wanted you guys to hear it from a physicist. So David, uh, Joe's got a video for us that he's going to play, um, and we're going to start at 5 minutes and 10, and then we're going to stop at 9 and 10. So exactly four minutes. And he's going to go into a little bit more detail than I just did on what quantum physics is. Molecules, atoms, and things atoms are made of, you know, subatomic particles, protons, neutrons, electrons. And it describes how they all work and also how they interact with light. And the interesting thing about quantum physics is it's like the fundamental rules of the universe, and yet the things that happen there are so very strange. So I'll tell you a few of the phenomena that go on in quantum physics. One you might have heard of is called particle wave duality. So you could imagine all these subatomic particles, these protons, neutrons, electrons, like little bouncy balls, kind of bouncing around, bouncing off each other. But sometimes you have to treat them as like spread out waves. And they kind of do both at the same time, which is hard for us to imagine. So I'll paint a picture. Imagine dropping one of these bouncy balls into like a pond of water. The ball would disappear, and then you get these ripples going out over the surface. Now imagine one of the ripples hits, say, a stick. All of the ripples on the surface disappear, and by that stick, suddenly a bouncy ball pops out again. That's kind of strange for us to think about, right? But this is the kind of behavior that goes on in the subatomic realm all the time. Another phenomena you might have heard is called quantum tunneling. So imagine I'm throwing one of these bouncy balls against a window. So it'd be like bounce, oh, sorry, throw, bounce, catch. Throw, bounce, catch. Throw. It's gone completely through the window. It's not smashed it. It's not interacted with it at all. It's just suddenly on the other side of the window, and you can see it flying away. <laughs> if we saw that, we'd think it was crazy, right? But this goes on at the subatomic realm all the time. In fact, it's the only reason we exist. So you might know that in the sun, it, the way it generates energy is through nuclear fusion. And nuclear fusion when it, is when two hydrogen atoms come together, and the protons in their nucleus bounce off each other. Now, if it wasn't for quantum tunneling, they'd bounce off each other and nothing would happen. 
what actually happens is they quantum tunnel into each other. And that's what lets them fuse and release the sunlight. And without sunlight, we wouldn't exist. So we can thank quantum tunneling for our existence. Another phenomena is called superposition. That's a very fancy word, but all it means is something that can do opposite things at the same time. So, for example, I can spin around one way, I can spin around the other way, but what would it look like for me to spin around in both directions at the same time? <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> we can't imagine that. But this is what these subatomic particles do all the time. And in fact, we can kind of do it. At least bits of us can. So if you've ever been in an MRI machine, what an MRI machine does is it finds all of the hydrogen atoms in your body and makes them spin around in both directions at the same time in this superposition. This is what allows us to see inside people's bodies. So it's interesting that all of this physics seems so kind of abstract and remote from our everyday experience. And yet, it's happening inside our bodies. We're made of quantum stuff, so it's happening everywhere around us. And it's not just MRI machines that we've, we use like quantum physics for. There's been a whole host of other technologies that come about because of our understanding of quantum physics. So one of those is our understanding of silicon allowed us to invent the silicon chip, which is in every single computer in the world. So the entire computing infrastructure of the world exists because of our understanding of quantum physics. And it's in other things like lasers, they're quite useful, and nuclear power plants. And there's this other soundbite you might have heard about quantum physics, is that no one really understands quantum physics. Well, that's actually wrong. We do understand quantum physics very well, and, and you'd kind of hope that we did if it forms the technology of MRI machines or nuclear power stations. <laughs> what they mean when they say that is that when we try and picture in our heads something that can be both a particle and a wave at the same time, or something can spin around in two directions at the same time, we find it very hard to picture that in our heads, but we can describe it all very well using mathematics. So it's fascinating that Something can be so counterintuitive on one hand, but yet can be so practically useful on the other. So I really enjoy explaining science to people. I make YouTube videos and also write kids' books for the age range around 7 to 11-year-old. And I really like we, pushing myself. I don't hold back on the science. I like explaining the most complicated okay, sub... Yes. All right. So he had a lot more to explain on the quantum physics. However, we can see all of these different theories um, seen in the Bible. So that's what I want to present to you guys today. Uh, starting out in Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says, By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that were visible. Think about the ice cream that you had. I had some ice cream. Maybe you had some ice cream. Maybe think of just a when you had ice cream. It was made out of things which do not appear. For example, the recipe calls for water, H2O. Before the hydrogen and the oxygen combine into water, 
You can see it. Anything else, any other part of the substance, how to be interacted with water for it to create that ice cream. Just as well, we've um, seen God when he spoke in Genesis 1-3, he said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. The substance for light was there, but it was the vibration of God's words that made this light appear. The substance was there, and we'll read uh, Hebrews 11.3 here in a minute. But it was God's word that caused that substance to manifest and appear. In August 1973, um, a word of God came to preacher Charles Capps, and he said, My creative power is given to man in word form. The power is always in my word. So God's power has never left his word. And when we speak as Christians, when we speak God's word, his power is going forth. So when we read in Romans 8, 11, it says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ, Jesus from the dead, will also restore life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So if you think back to the beginning when God, the spirit, said, let there be light. And there was light. That spirit that created light lives in us. Just like it said here in Romans 8, and the spirit who raised him, Jesus, also raised us. So we have that power in our words, and he gave us that power through his word. And right now we have our Bibles, we have the preachers, we have the men of God that live in our lives that tell us God's word on a daily basis. We can we can nowadays we have so many ways of picking up God's word. It's endless. So think of energy affecting matter. So now we're looking at the energy that our words create. Words are energy and they affect matter. The energy of microwaves, for example, um, you can put a cup of water in a microwave and It'll heat it up. So what is it doing to the H2O? You know, getting all those molecules bubbling up. They're moving and they're getting hotter. So a a microwave, the energy that the microwave emits into that water, heats it up. So like that, your words, your energy affect the matter around you. When you speak words like, I always get sick around this time. Or allergies run in my family. Those words are vibrating energy that affects our bodies. And not only does it affect our bodies, it could affect our family. As we were listening to um, a physicist about quantum 
theory and how it works and how they know that it works is that those particles are actively engaged in their environment. So as our words are vibrating and are causing things to affect, everything we say will affect anything that has those particles, those neutrons, those, the nucleus, all of it. So when we're speaking, whether we think it's true or not, it's affecting our world, our world around us. It's, inter it's interesting when he talked about um, how scientists have discovered, I don't think he mentioned it, they discovered that electrons orbiting the nucleus are not always in a particular form. They exist in waves. But the minute a scientist looks at it, it stops. So it, on its own, it's just moving, doing its thing. However, every time a different scientist or somebody different sees it, it affects that proton differently. So the question is, how does it know someone is looking at it? It's obviously responding to the observer's reactions. And it has to do with what the observer knows and how it respects that area around it. So the particles behave differently for each observer, which leads us to another question. Does it behave according to what the scientist believes? So let's take a look at how matter reacted to Jesus. Think back to the story where Jesus was walking on water. In Matthew 14, 22 through uh, 34, and you'll also see it in Mark and John, the classic law of physics, specifically gravity, says that a 180-pound man, roughly, cannot walk on water. And we've heard Pastor Ziggy talk about this, how the minute Jesus was looking at that water, the water started saying, hey, look, he wants to walk on us. We better start moving and get it done. Also, current medical science would say that lepers and cripples cannot be healed in a minute or even 30 minutes. However, in Matthew 8, 1 through 4, and also in Mark and Luke, we have the story of the lepers being healed instantly with God's word. Another uh, example, which this was great for uh, talking about quantum tunneling, when Jesus walked through the wall of a home. This is in John 20, uh, 19. Jesus assumed a form that dwarfed himself to go through the wall. Did Jesus transform his physical matter into energy that passes through the matter that radio waves also do as well? Because radio waves can go through walls. According to quantum tunneling, that's possible. These behaviors are strange, and many people choose to believe they 
couldn't happen. The stories of the Bible, people choose to say, that's not possible. But as we're hearing from science, it is possible. Now, I believe science is just a way where the world can prove what Jesus has done. And more and more, we're hearing that. We've um, listened to uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf talk a lot about how what we do and how we react to certain situations affect the way our brain works and how it releases different and activates different um, cells in our bodies to turn on or turn off certain things that will activate either depression or joy, um, you know, on both aspects of the spectrum. And so scientists and doctors are just, you know, trying to, catching up to what the Word of God has already said and proven for thousands of years. We believe that Jesus was right when he taught that all matter responds to faith words. The substance from which our words is made has influenced the manifestation of how we live. The things that we desire are made out of atoms. You guys can think of just anything that we're needing or desiring or wanting in life. And it's, like I said, everything's made out of an atom. Especially when we're talking about healing in our bodies, those are particles, atoms that are just not acting the way they should, according to God's word. So some, uh, Charles Cap said this, we live in an age-old problem of not looking beyond what we can see with our physical eyes. We're always just in the now. What, what can we believe? What can be something that we can describe? But according to the laws of physics and according to the word of God, there are things that our natural eye can't even capture. In Proverbs 18.21, this is, one of my favorite scriptures, it talks about how life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they will have what they say, right? They will reap. So here God, uh, God is telling us that life and death, everything we say will create life or death. So we can speak to and we'll take healing back into our example. We can speak to our bodies and speak life into them. Or we can continue to say, speak sickness and just get those atoms working that way. We have a choice. And that's the base, one of the basic principles of uh, Jesus' kingdom is that he has given us free will. We can do whatever we want. We can choose to walk in his word, or we can choose to walk in our word. So note that beliefs also carry energy. We have, have you ever noticed in somebody that is angry, and it could be at anything, more anger builds up. And then people all of a sudden started start treating them uh, 
mean or bad. It like cultivates more anger versus if you run into someone who is lovely and pleasant, they're going to continue to cultivate that. They're going to continue to cultivate that love and, and maybe that person that wasn't feeling very well all of a sudden starts feeling better. So that is produced by the energy that we, we produce. The energy of love is a powerful drawing cord for um, good in our lives. After all, God is love, and he lives inside of us. So we know that we can produce this love in, in him. In Luke 6, 38, he says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, it'll be measured back to you. So again, this is a God's principle. Whatever you sow, you will reap. In this case, he's talking about giving, but giving can be anything. If you give love, you're going to get love. If you give generosity, you're going to get generosity. If you um, give hate, you're going to get hate. If you give, in this case, we can talk about, again, this is healing room. So if we speak words of sickness, more sickness produces. So when we believe that God loves us and he wants us well, which is in his word, then we can change our words and beliefs about our bodies. When sickness used to come my way, I would always say things like, I always get this flu, or why am I always sick? The fear would just kind of produce more, it would just be fear, Fear would produce more words that would create more fear of things that could happen. Uh, I grew Hispanic, and um, I don't know what it is about Hispanics. Maybe it's all cultures, but they like to talk about every sickness that is in their body, and or they can start thinking about, oh, maybe I have that too. And that in reunions and get-togethers, I, it must be like, 50% of the time, all they talk about is how sick they are and how so-and-so is also sick. And did you hear about, you know, auntie over here and they, they got sick? And they're like, well, it's, it's flu season. How are your allergies? And that, and that was how I grew up. So I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, it must be something that we, that's just how people do it. But as I got more into the word of God, I started speaking differently. And I started saying, like, my body is resilient. And by his stripes, I have been healed. I have, a strong, I have strong lungs. Just like the scripture that talks about, let the weak say I'm strong. So even I could be feeling weak, but I'm going to speak God's word and say I am strong. And as we do that, according to God's word, and in the natural, according to science, my body will start changing the way it's working. And, you know, a lot of the times we didn't get to certain places in our bodies overnight, so it might take our bodies a little bit longer to receive that complete 
you can call it healing or just your body healing itself. Our body heals itself that the way we were made up has just natural healing. Like just if you think of when you when a kid falls and scrapes their knee. It's not like it's gonna be scraped forever. The body has things that to mend itself and heal itself. And that's the way God made us so that to create that healing in our bodies. So when we speak to our bodies, we're just telling it to line up. To line up not, not only to God's word, but also to, to also re speed up that process. When uh, I was talking to David, and he does this a lot when he prays for people's healing and speaking over them, he commands the cells in their bodies to line up. He commands the, those things that make up that part, maybe if it's the lungs or the, the heart, he commands the valves. The valves, you line up. Flow, blood, flow like you should. Because that's really what they are. It's those specific things that we are walking by faith and speaking by God's word and seeing the manifestation of what has already taken place, what it should look like. And I like that in, that can work in anything, can work in our, in our finances, in our family, in our marriage, in everything. We need to confess victory in the face of defeat. Confess health in the face of apparent sickness and limitations in our bodies. Commanding the cells to line up with what Jesus has already done for us in the cross. In Romans 12:2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So constantly, if you guys are hearing the news or you're hearing your family members, they always have a report. They always have something that, you know, and especially over the last couple of years, we've seen, you know, the news reporting sickness. So if we keep hearing sickness, if we keep putting that in our heads and in our minds and everyone in the world is telling us how we should feel, and what our bodies should be doing, that will continually work within our bodies and make it happen. Yet here in the word it says to renew our minds. What, sh what do we want to come to pass? The renewing of our minds comes through reading God's word and what God has to say about the matter. And this is provided to everyone. Healing has been not just provided for Christians, but for everyone. That's why we can, you know, go out and speak to somebody out in the street and know that if they need healing, we can speak to their bodies and we can, in our faith, command them to line up to God's word and to see those things change for their lives. Removing the limitations that 
this world puts on us, like examples, are grudges. Sometimes people hold grudges for a very long time. And there's this information we learned from Dr. Caroline Leaf that a grudge will affect our, our health and our bodies. And again, this has been proven scientifically um, that doctors have noticed that if somebody has fear of what somebody did for, to them or how they um, held them in, in such pain, if they don't let go of that, it'll continue to affect their body. Hence, we have people with depression, we have people that are suicidal, people that just have mental problems because they're holding on to something that is based in fear. So when we speak that those words that have power and energy in them, in the positive end, we can start seeing those grudges just fall off. And those people receive that freedom, freedom that a lot of people are trying to get from a medication, which those medications then lead to other problems. And those medications that are continually adding up to this one fixes this, and then you have to take another one to fix that. And then that continually adds to how our mind is now being affected of your feeling like I have to take all of these things to survive. And that's not how God wants us to live. He wants us to live in victory. He wants everyone to live in victory. And as we read the word of God and we see these freedoms and these truths, we can let others know. We talk, Pastor talked about um, the ministry of reconciliation, of just letting them know, hey, God has a good plan for you and he created you for a purpose. Let me show you the way. And we, we lead them on to the right path. So another aspect that I wanted to talk about is know that things obey God's word. Or things obey words, period. And we're talking about things. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he said, No man eat fruit from the hereafter forever. Then the fig tree died up from the atomic level because Jesus' words were spoken over it. When we speak, or I'm sorry, when he also spoke to the winds and the waves, they obeyed him. Remember, there was a big storm, and, and they woke Jesus up and said, Jesus, Jesus, we're about to perish. Help us. He got up from his nap, and he said, peace, be still. And there came a calm. And all of that was because those things had to obey God, Jesus. He was teaching us the undeniable biblical principle that things obey words. Jesus did not demonstrate this just to prove he was the son of God. He demonstrated it and told his disciples that they too could speak with words of power. Jesus wanted us to have the revelation that, one, we are powerful 
spirit beings. And we can speak to our circumstances and they will obey. A correct application of the spiritual law will change even the most impossible situation. But incorrectly applying these laws will hold us in bondage and cause the circumstances to grow worse. So again, it comes back to that option. We have the choice. We can choose to live in the victory of God's word and what he has provided for us, or we can choose to live in a place where we are defeated and it just keeps getting worse. Every faith principle, every spiritual law that God sets forth in his word was for our benefit. Anything God ever did was for our benefit. He said, first of all, he created us because he wanted a family. And he wanted us to be with him. He wanted to be a father to us. And with that basis, everything he did was to take care of us to make sure that we were taken care of while we were here on the earth. God did not say it would only work if we believed right. Whether you believe right or wrong, it's a spiritual law. It works whether you believe in Jesus or not. Sometimes people like to call it karma. Sometimes people like to say it's luck. But based off of his word, it's just a spiritual law. If we speak his word, we can live in the greater victory. And that's what he called us to have is that greater victory. Uh, in Genesis, we hear, remember when he says, I want you to be over the fish, over the sea, over all of these things. He said over, over, and over. We're not supposed to be under we're supposed to live above the circumstances. So in Galatians 6, 7, and 8, I'm going to read in the um, Passion Translation. It says, God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that you planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into the natural realm, you can expect the harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. Just like in the natural, when you sow tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. When you sow watermelons, you're going to get watermelons. Um, I don't think there's ever been any... Science that has proven that you can put the seed of avocado and get a pineapple. I, I don't think that. I've never heard it. You have. Please let me know. But to this day, this is, a, this is the law of God that what we sow, we shall reap. When faith talks, it talks faith, not fear or unbelief. And that's when we can know whether we're har going to harvest good things or we're going to harvest corrupt things. So when we speak, if it's going to be in faith, it's going to be good things. When it's fear-based 
or anger, those are going to reap that same corruption. So I want you to take a moment and imagine this. What if God would come down in his most majestic form and say, Shelby, from this day forward, whatever you say, you will have. How would your words change? And this could, and of course, this is for every one of us. And we've heard this before. We hear, you have what would you say, because you probably have heard me say it. But this is what God is putting in front of us every day in his word, is that we have what we say. And I'll harp on it because it affects everything we do. When we're out praying for people, when we're interacting in our jobs, when we're interacting with our family, it affects everything that our environment is a part of. So being more specific of how we say things, what we say, how the energy that we're producing every time we are doing things, it'll affect at the most subatomic form. Again, if we've been looking back to the scientific things, right now, you guys are sitting on chairs. You guys have faith that they're going to hold you up. You believe that they're, you didn't even have to think about it. In that same form, when we speak God's words and we speak on healing and we speak on, our, on what we have in our lives, what we have things going on, we should expect those atoms, those molecules to react to our words, to react to what we say. And that's really what belief and having faith is, is that you are so confident that that chair is going to hold you up you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to doubt. But when you're speaking and giving for things in your bodies and other people's bodies for healing, it has to be that same ability, just like you have faith that this chair is going to hold you up, that that's going to come to pass. In Mark 9.23, it says... And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. In the message, it says, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. And in Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we go back to our quantum physics. Now, quantum is just the study of this, those small particles and how they interact with light. Again, we can't see those, but we, we know they're there. We're breathing. We, you know, we drink our water. And those are things that are part of what affect our world. So when God's word talks about 
anything can happen. It comes from our faith, knowing that faith is a substance of things hoped for. So what we believe in can be possible. In Hebrews 11.3, just a, two scriptures down, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Remember Genesis 1.3? The word of God spoke and let there be light, and there was light. So things that which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So what... What makes those things appear? You. What you say. What you say will make those things appear. One of the examples that I've just in, I always go back to in my life is I used to be lactose intolerant. I mean, my, and could go back and you can ask my family, and they're lactose intolerant. But putting God's word in my life, today, I can tell you that by nothing that I've done, I've done, I didn't take any medicine, I didn't go through any process or procedures, but today, I am not lactose intolerant. I can drink all the milk I want, whether it's non-fat or fat, <laughs> ice cream, all of it. And whenever I'm around my family and they have to take the lactose pills and that, I tell them, I was healed from it. I don't have to. I'm like, wait a, wait a few hours. You'll see. I'll be fine. <laughs> and they don't like to talk about it. They don't like to ask the questions of, Hilda, how did you do it? Because they know. They know what I believe. I used to have to walk and wear those funny shoes with the super high cushions because I had flat feet. And it would hurt my back. And in high school, whenever I ran cross country, at one point I started running funny. And so I had to, again, wear corrective shoes. Not very fun. Not very, not, back then, they were not very good looking at all. They were very dorky. But it was in the Newcastle healing room. There was, I got my healing. Pastor was praying for backs. The word of the Lord came and he said he's going to heal backs. Pastor prayed over me. And ever since then, my feet, whether they're flat or not, I have no problems. I get to wear cute shoes now all the time and it's fun. And that didn't happen but God. God correct, corrected my molecules and cells that were not doing what they were supposed to be doing. And he said, be straight. And it was done. My hair started to fall out a lot recently. And I spoke to my hair. And I said, hair, you're going to be full and you're going to be beautiful and long. 
and my hair had to obey. And I can go on and on and talk to you about just the things that the Lord has done. And each one builds my faith more and more. Of course, you guys know the story of Amelia. She's a miracle. And it's not because of anything I did, but I spoke God's word through the whole pregnancy. And I did not allow any fear to come into what I... And in any of these stories, fear can creep in. Oh, I'm going to always have this. This is, you know, nobody's, there's no cure. But once you let the word of God dwell in you and completely, like it said in, in Romans, to transform our minds to what God's word says, not what the world says, not what the doctor is saying or the news what they're predicting and what they feel like is going to happen, but to stand on God's word, to stand on what is. And like I said, this can be true for a believer or non-believer because it's a spiritual law. But we know that when we stand on God's word, the benefit is not just for us, but then we can go out and speak to others and to speak life into their situations. The power in our faith affects the matter in our life. So as we go about our days and we think about how is that possible? How can somebody walk on water? But it was possible for Jesus. And according to science, it's possible. And that keeps coming up more and more as we expect the supernatural to take place in our lives because we're living in an age where things are not looking too good. But we have God's word. And we're going against the current, speaking, no, it doesn't have to be that way. No, we, we can have healing and wholeness in our lives. And again, it's not just healing. It could be in any part of our lives. When we're talking about our marriages, we can have great marriages no matter what the situation is. We can speak life into it. We can speak life into our friendships. Whatever, whatever like he says, nothing's impossible to him that believes. So I always like to have activities, right, where we think of an activity to do um, with the word that we are speaking. So today, take, I want you guys to take a moment and think about what in your bodies seem impossible. And when you do, imagine yourselves now having, being rid of that. What does it look like? What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be saying? How will you be reacting? What are you going to be telling people? So I'm going to give you guys about 30 to 60 seconds to just think on that. And then I want you guys to write it down on your phone, in your notepad. I'm going to put, I'll just, I'll do 60 seconds.
All right. So with that, do it as often as you need it. And see yourself whole. See yourself healthy. Now, I will have to say, it is one thing to think about it. But you also have to add that you have to say it. Today, we heard a lot about how the atoms react, how the molecules, you have to interact with them. And how when we speak the words, they have energy. And that's how you're really going to be affecting. So it's important that we say them out loud, that we speak these things, not just in our minds, because atoms can't hear our minds. The natural world can't hear our thoughts. But when we speak it out and we hear ourselves saying it, it gets deep down inside of us. And knowing these truths, we know that it's possible. And by the renewing of our minds, we can be unstoppable. And that's what God created us to be. He created us to be over. He created us to be just like Jesus. There's a scripture that talks about, and Jesus said, these things, I go now, but you will do these things, and you will do greater things. So when we take the moment to speak to our bodies, and we speak to maybe it's somebody that needs prayer, and we speak to that circumstance, we, might, we have to make sure not to, not to stay quiet, but to speak it out and to believe it by faith to know that that is God's will and that it will affect what we're speaking to. Like Pastor likes to talk about, you know, how many people do you hear complain in their minds? <laughs> But once you hear a loud complaint, you're like, oh, I could, I could hear you now. <laughs> so when we speak, and we're speaking God's word and his truth, and we're reaping, we want to reap good stuff, right? So we're going to say good, good things. Same thing with everything that we've just, some of the things you've written down. But as you go about your day, start seeing your voice affect the matter around you or your energy. And if it helps you think about that microwave heating up that water or that H2O in an ice cream, you don't see it, but it's there. Whatever helps you think about how your words will affect, do that and practice that often. Because you will see, you will see things turn around. It, you will either see it turn around to the, you know, for better, or you can keep seeing what you want. You choose. But I would rather you choose the good stuff. And if you ever do need help with, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to speak over this. We have a family that prays and we believe God's word and we will help you in any situation. 
as always, you can message me and I probably have a scripture for that. But today, as we talk about the quantum physics and the word of God and how it affects the things that we say, I want to open it up for questions. Maybe you have a question about something I said today or something that has happened. Maybe you need prayer. I'll let you, I'll open up the floor. How many of you are ready to apply these truths? How many do you think you can recap what quantum physics is? <laughs> yeah? That's your degree. Oh, Lindsay, I did not know that. So you're like, yes, I know this. That's awesome. I have more questions for you then after this. <laughs> I'll have questions for you. <laughs> I want people to learn. Okay, so when I think of physics and the way I, I think of God and the way that he used physics and the way that he brought it about, he had to have an explanation for why things work the way they do. And he knew people would get bored People, he gave us minds. He gave us free will. He knew we would be smart. He didn't just say, here, I'm going to create a rainbow so that people would come back and say, well, God's not real. The rainbow becomes a rainbow because this, this, this happens. No, God made this, this, and this react so that this could happen. Okay, he had to make that explanation happen. He made those come together so that it would make that rainbow. He made those atoms come together and work specifically that way because he knew people would be bored. People would want to figure out how things work. That's how people work. People want to know how things work. People want to know how they can help each other. People want to fix people. So God knew in our minds that that's how we would be and how our minds would work and what we would want to do. People want to help people. So he has all of these ways that explain how everything works. There's explanations for everything. Scientists had to have something to do. They had to have something to do. So... Scientists can rebuttal the way God's not real. There's science explanations for everything. Yes, there's science explanations for everything because there had to be. You guys were going to be bored. <laughs> Scientists were going to be bored. Y'all had to go figure out why things work the way they do. But if you think about it, I mean, seriously, they, there's a reason why they had to work that way. It didn't, it didn't just one day and like, oh my gosh, that works like that. No, it's been working like that. It just right. took you that long to figure right. it out. <laughs> right. So that's No, I, I like that how you worded it because I think about that too as well is 
there had to be an explanation for our human minds to understand that um, yeah. that's, that's the way to I that level. And of course, then you have the people that either choose to believe it was from God or they haven't had that revelation yet. And then that's why we, we can enter their lives. And, yeah. the, and I it has to be by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that draws them and in. That's why he gave us the free will. We can either believe that he, right. he, he is the option to either believe that it's truly science is the why, why it works or, you know, he gave us the explanation as to why it works. Like, he obviously is the only one that can make all of this work the way it does. Right. But he also let it work in a way that people can figure out how it works. Yes. Because God is a creative being, and he made us creative. And he made us, you know, he, that's just how he is. <laughs> Um, so thank you for, for that explanation, because that's true. That's a part of it, of how God made us in his image. He's the creator, and then we are the mm -hmm. That's Yes. And as we continue to learn more and more about um, science and space and everything, um, he, it, he becomes more wonderful to follow because it's just amazing um, at his creation and how we, like him, have that same spirit to, to be creative, to be um, limitless in what we, in our capacities. So that is, um, again, our father. He's, he's awesome. Does anybody need prayer tonight? Or a prayer for someone? My nest needs prayer. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, that concludes what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, and if you have any questions after... Or, you know, you go get home and you're like, wait, what about this? Message me. I'd be happy to have more of a conversation with you about it because um, that's definitely, the Lord talks to me a lot about speaking God's word and applying it. And this was just another way where I could explain it in a different way. So, all right, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you so much for all that you're teaching us, Father, and that you're not limiting us to any one way of learning your word, Father, but that you continue to expand on your word and how we can receive it, Father, to, to know more of your greatness and how you applied that to us. And we thank you, Father, that as we continue to grow in your word, Father, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that, so that our eyes would be flooded with light and we would know the call and the purpose that you have created us for. And we thank you, Lord, Father, that as we go out tonight and we go out about our days, Father, that this word would continue to, to be magnified, Father, and that even the words that I spoke, Father, today would continue to grow and, and expand on the things that they already know about you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that as we move forward in, in, in your word and every day, Father, that you would be magnified in everything we do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.